Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Welcome to the first session of Consulting Growth Hour. This is a new initiative that I've started this year. And uh, what it is, is um, the reason I'm doing this is because for those of you who've been following me uh, and my, my events for the past year, you know that I come in to an event with, uh, with a, with a, with a pre- prepared PowerPoint deck, uh, lots of slides, lots of frameworks, et cetera, et cetera. And although I did a fair number of events last year, that model was, was kind of, you know, it was a constraint. I couldn't produce more and more of those events. I got some great feedback from uh, a lot of you folks that those events were um, useful. So now this year, my goal is to do more of these events. I want to do two every month. Uh, and this is the first of, uh, of the year. Um, but I'm not going to do heavy PowerPoint presentations. Um, I do have some notes. I'm going to be talking through a few things. I have one slide for today, which I'm going to share. But uh, I want to do more of these in every uh, two weeks. Uh, we'll pick a topic that is important to, to you folks, and uh, we'll run with that, okay? And another reason I'm doing this, consultants, this is more important, is that I want more consultants to do this themselves. Um, build a community of your um, um, uh, target audience, um, share knowledge that you've gleaned over the years. Um, most of you in this room um, are experienced consultants, experienced uh, uh, executives. Uh, you may have uh, started a consulting business recently, but you know you probably chose to start a consulting business because you have ex- deep expertise in a specific topic. So uh, consultants are natural, have to be natural content creators because you have a lot of knowledge uh, and expertise uh, all bottled up inside you. So um, having, an, having events and building a community like this will help your business and will um, help you become more influential. Will, and, and what that'll do is it'll help you, it'll help spread the word about you among your community and beyond your community, uh, which will then uh, eventually lead to people reaching out to you uh, when they need your help. That's where you wanna be in your business. So I want more and more of you folks to start doing this. It's not very hard. As you can see, this is a simple Zoom meeting, right? Uh, you're used to having Zoom meetings with one person, just. Uh, um, you can do them with, uh, you know, five or 10 or 15 and simply share your knowledge, like what I'm doing right now. Okay. So that's uh, about the initiative. So let's get started. Um, a few house rules. So I'm going to share my screen. I have one slide, as I mentioned. Um, if you're listening to this uh, on the podcast, uh, go over to the, uh, to the uh, show notes and you'll see a link to that slide. And I'm going to do a Q&A in the end. So pop your questions in the comments and I'll take uh, questions uh, um, in the end. Okay, so let me now share my screen. Oh, just before that, before that, let me just uh, preface this session by talking about two things. Number one, what I believe consulting is. And number two, what I believe a business model is. We're talking about consulting business models today. So, um, these terms are both, you know, both mean different things to different people. There aren't any standard definitions. So before I talk about this topic, I want to uh, lay out for you what I mean by them. 
So let's start with the basics. To me, what is consulting? It's very simple. To me, consulting is when you use your knowledge and expertise and bring about an, an agreed upon result for your client, a result or an outcome. Okay, uh, using your ex expertise and knowledge to bring about an agreed upon outcome or result for your client. When I, when I talk about consulting, that's the context and that's what I mean. And what about a business model? A business model to me is the way your business is set up or structured that delivers value to your clients and to you, the business owner. So you wanna make sure that you have a business model that um, uh, helps you deliver the promised outcome to your client and allows you to uh, achieve your own goals, your business goals and your personal goals. Okay, so that's the context um, of, uh, of today's session. Right, so let me just share my screen with you. I have one simple screen. Okay, so on this screen, I'm gonna show you the various types of business-to-business -business consulting business models that I've seen work over the years. And I'll tell you where I started and where I am right now and uh, you know, possible ways where you, know, um, you can take your business based on whatever model you are uh, um, you know, running right now, okay? So let me just uh, talk about the parameters. There are a couple of parameters. Um, uh, down below, you'll see high customization on one end and low customization on uh, the other end. On the other side, you'll see higher control over outcomes. When I say outcomes, I mean client outcomes. And um, on the other side, you see lower control over client outcomes. Okay, so let's start with the first model. And this is, this is DFY. Anybody know what this means? Can you, can you type in the comments? Done for you? Yeah, thanks, Tejas. So DFY means done for you. And this is where most traditional consultants start their business off, off with, where you go in and you roll up your sleeves and you actually do the work for your clients, right? Um, and this is the, uh, uh, like I said, this, this is where most consultants start off. Um, management consultants who go in and, um, uh, and solve a specific problem for their, for their clients um, are mostly DFY consultants, done for you consultants. So typically a management consultant would go in, they would have, um, a, you know, they would pitch a highly customized solution for the specific problem that their client um, uh, is facing. Uh, they would go in and do some kind of a needs analysis, uh, some stakeholder interviews, and then they would uh, uh, probably do some, some research um, and then you know, uh, present their findings through workshops and facilitations, reports, et cetera. So you're actually going in and doing the work and working with um, the client on a, you know, a very close basis. Look at all your, your, the major, the big consulting firms, the McKinsey's, the Accenture's, uh, et cetera. They're all DFY, done for you consultants. Um, in IT, in the IT consulting world as well, most consulting is done for you, right? Because uh, IT clients need something built. So they get IT experts, software developers, et cetera, to come in and, uh, cons uh, and consult, which means uh, they got to build the application or software or, or whatever, right? So management consulting, IT consulting, you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, the most traditional way to do things is, 
through done for you. And in terms of client outcomes, here's where you have uh, the most control over client outcomes. I've chosen outcomes as a parameter for your business model because you know that's what consulting is all about. You're bringing about a result, right? So which business model will help you bring about a the best result for your clients? Um, done for you has will will provide you with uh, with a lot of control because you're going in and doing the work for them, right? So uh, just pop in your questions um, as I'm speaking, and then we'll, we'll take some questions in the end. Moving on from done for you, the next type of uh, business model is DWY, which is done with you. Now, done with you, you can see it's a little higher on the scale. Um, it's less customized than the, the pure done for you. Um, and it's done with the client. So part of the work is, um, is done by the consultant and part of the work is done by the client, right? So I'll give you an example based on, you know, my business model right now. Like back in the day when I, when I did, you know, pure management consulting, I was a pure done for you consultant. I would go in and I would uh, um, work with clients and help them um, with their strategy and business planning and whatnot. And I would present reports, I would do workshops, facilitations with management, et cetera. Um, but a couple of years ago, I wanted to move away from that model because you know, in that model that done for you, I realized that I could only scale the business um, if I added more people, right? Uh, the more people you add, that's how you get more work done and that's how you scale the business. I'm not saying that it's impossible to scale a done for you consulting business. I mean, look at Accenture. 500,000 employees, they're pure done for you and all the other big uh, consulting firms. So it is, um, it, um, it is definitely a viable uh, proposition just to scale that kind of business. But, you know, it wasn't for me. So I realized that I wanted to move away from done for you and move in to move towards a business model that um, can use technology and media uh, to scale rather than, you know, having me scale by adding more bodies um, um, to, my, to my business. So a couple of years ago, I decided to take my skills and, and expertise and knowledge in management consulting and business consulting and help start helping consultants, uh, consulting firms, small um, boutique consulting firms, or even some senior independent consultants and help them um, build a sales and marketing engine and grow their business, right? So my model um, that I chose is done with you. The way I work is I have um, um, videos that I have, a, I bring in a, a methodology of how I work and I deliver my expertise via video and via, you know, uh, very tailored workshops, uh, not workshops, but worksheets, wherein uh, when I get, when I land a client, I would, um, yeah, they would join my, uh, my uh, online community. They would be the, the videos would be delivered to them. They would watch the videos. They would do the worksheets. And then every week, um, we would either meet with them one-on-one -on -one or um, in a group setting. And I would help them through their work. Um, some, of the work more, uh, uh, some of the work is, actually, is also done by my team. Like when you're building a sales and marketing um, engine, um, messaging and communication is important. And new consultants or new business owners who are new to marketing, um, it's really hard to um, expect them to 
write their own copy or write their own messaging and communication. So I have a team who does that for them so that it speeds up the process. So some of the work is done by me and my team and some of the work is done by the client. That's the done with you model, right? Um, now, when it comes to client outcomes, it's not fully in um, our control uh, that the client gets their outcomes because it depends on you know uh, how much uh, they bring to the process, how much the clients show up and do the work so that they get the results. But uh, you know the 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 key in the done with you model is make to make sure that um, you set up your model in such a way that you know you actually help your clients get outcomes, right? Because consulting always has to be about outcomes, right? So that's the that's the trick in the done with you model. The, the good part about the done with you model is you, you save a lot of time, right? In a done for you model, you're doing all the work and you know, you know how the consulting world works, right? It's, uh, it's, it's nonstop morning to evening or sometimes even the night, but with a done with you model, because I'm transferring some of the work to the clients, um, you get a lot of time freedom as a consulting business owner. And uh, you can kind of use uh, tools and technologies. Like I use media, which is all the videos that I make and the online community uh, that I uh, that I have uh, to help me scale my business, right? So it was a natural next step. So that's the uh, done with you model. And I'll be talking a little bit about uh, um, the uh, considerations that you'll need to think about um, when you choose a specific business model for uh, your business, okay? So that's done with you with an example. Now, Progressing from done with you is the DIY model, do it yourself. And the way this works in, uh, uh, in, in, in business consulting, uh, the two ways to do it. The first way is, uh, is advisory and executive coaching. Now, I, I think that executive coaching, training, advisory, all of these things are part of consulting. Right? Some, some of them, some people will say that it's, uh, you know, that's professional professional coaching and training, that's not consulting. But I think that all of this is part of consulting, right? And the DIY model um, is, is also a progression, um, is, 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 you know, um, it's, a, it's, it's a progression of, you know, these previous business models that uh, I've showed you. So in the DIY model, uh, you can work with your client on a pure advisory basis, right? Or a pure executive coaching basis. What you bring to the table is your methodology and your expertise, and you uh, deliver that to the client where the client does all of the work, where you just provide the advice and the expertise, the IP and the methodology, okay? An example of how I did this was um, back in the day, some of my clients, some of my done for you clients, you know, we would deliver uh, a strategic plan or a business plan would take about you know three to six months or sometimes more than that. Um, and by that time, as consultants, we know the business intimately. We know exactly what the business needs, um, how the business is set up. We build rapport with the, the business owner. So naturally when that happens, they want you on board, right? When you submit a strategic plan uh, or a business plan, um, they want you on board as they're implementing it because you bring in that, that strategic outsider's perspective, right? So um, the way I used to do it was once the done, my done-for-you projects were delivered, I would, uh, as an add-on, um, um, uh, present 
an advisory services package where I would say that you know, I'd come in for you know uh, a specific outcome um, every month where I would uh, meet with the team, make sure that the action plans are all on track, make some changes, um, have a few uh, facilitate some uh, you know, key decision making, and make make sure that the plan is being delivered or plan is being uh, implemented. So that was a pure advisory role. I wasn't you know actually uh, doing anything with respect to implementation, but uh, I was only as an uh, you know, advisor to the CEO and to the uh, to the key management team. There are two ways you can set up your advisory um, model. One is um, be an advisor focused on specific outcomes. Um, as, I, as, I, as I mentioned to you, you know, uh, in the example where you know, once we put together the strategic plan, um, uh, we work, I would work with the CEO uh, in order to make sure that the plan is on track and those would be you know, linked to certain outcomes. Um, so that's one way to do it, uh, and then you you know you're paid as a monthly as in a monthly retainer uh, uh, type of model. The second way to do advisory is to um, set up a model where you are brought on board. Um, you know you're retained on you're retained for access, right? Where there's no specific outcome for that um, you know that period, but Whenever clients need you, they can pick up the phone or they could send you an email or you, they can schedule a call. Uh, so they have the comfort of knowing that you're around. And sometimes, you know, you, you, won't, even be, you won't even be needed for a, for a couple of weeks or a month, but you would still bill, right? You're still an advisor. The value that you bring to the table is that you're there when they need you, right? So that also is a great add-on to your done-for-you um, um, consulting. And executive coaching, again, like... Uh, um, a coach is someone that, again, brings in their specific methodology and expertise and uh, teaches the client on how to um, get the results on their own, right? That's, the, uh, that's what, uh, what coaching is. And if you have a specific methodology and if you have the skills to do coaching, um, there's a tremendous opportunity for you to do that, provided there is a market need, okay? So that's as far as advisory and coaching uh, goes. Um, in the DIY model. And finally, the second type of DIY is training. Now, I mentioned to you that I think that coaching, training, they're all part of consulting. They just deliver differently and the outcomes are, uh, um, are, are different. Um, someone asked me a question about, you know, what's the difference between coaching and training? And uh, to me, um, coaching is when you teach the client to get an outcome on their own, right? And uh, it's, it's more kind of, uh, um, it's more personal, it's more, uh, there's, there's a higher level of service and there is not just skills transfer, but you make sure that they know how to get results and you, you're there as they get results, right? So that's, that's, that's as far as coaching is concerned. Um, training, on the other hand, is pure skills transfer. Right? And there are different use cases for training where you go in and you either train you know, a, a mid-management team or you, you come in and you train um, consistently on um, you know, specific topics. Right? And you know, um, training too can be, and training and coaching too can be great add-ons to 
your done for you work because there's a lot of like, you know, uh, follow-up work that needs to be um, uh, done when it comes to in implementation, especially if you're a strategic uh, consultant of any kind. So uh, you, can, you can either, you know, use, it be a pure trainer or you can kind of do, you know, have a hybrid model, which is what I wanted to talk about next. Um, just because these are different business models, it doesn't mean that you use them as silos independently. Um, you can mix and match any of these models and make sure that you uh, use the right mix in order for you, in order for your clients to get the right outcomes, right? If you do pure training, I'm not a fan of pure training. I know there's, there's a lot of, there, there may be a need for it for certain, uh, for certain cases, but pure training is, sim is, is a, sim a simple knowledge transfer where you simply don't have, you don't provide an outcome for the client. And I'm really big on providing outcomes. I think Consulting, um, just because it's a service business, uh, doesn't mean that you don't provide outcomes. You have, there has to be um, a conceptual agreement before you do any consulting project and make sure that you provide, uh, you agree upon certain outcomes. And a pure training uh, model um, doesn't help you do that because you just come in, you train, and you go. But training can be used as um, as an add-on to the done for you or even a done with you as a hybrid, right? Um, and what makes all this more interesting is that, you know, now with the, with the acceptance of online uh, consulting delivery, I mean, even mainstream, right? Because of what's happened uh, over the past couple of years, um, you can even, you know, create models where you do offline plus online. Right? You deliver some parts of the, your, your consulting and training online. And then if required, you do um, you have an offline component as well, or you do pure online as well, depending on what your client wants. Right? So these are the main models that, are, that I've seen work really well. They all scale. Um, they all are, can be highly profitable, depending on your offering, depending on you know, um, your, your strategy, your business strategy. And uh, they can all deliver value, not just for the clients, but also to you based on your personal and, and business goals. Okay. So the last thing I have on the agenda is, you know, how to choose a model that works for you. So type in the comments to uh, let me know if this has been helpful so far. Am I in the right direction? I'd love some feedback. All right. Great. Thank you. And then you just keep popping questions in the comments. Um, even if it's a question that relates to, you know, your current situation and how you can kind of, uh, um, you know, put together the right model for you, et cetera. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how to choose the right uh, consulting uh, business model for your business. Um, and, and I have a three-step three, three step, uh, framework for this. The first is, um, you know, when you're running a consulting business, it, it is a business uh, after all. So the first um, consideration um, when you choose your business model is that you make sure that you solve a market need, right? There you understand what the market uh, need is and what the client wants and tailor your model so that you are able to provide an outcome for that client, right? Everything starts with market needs and outcomes, right? Um, imagine uh, if uh, a consulting firm, let's say a Deloitte or a, an Accenture or whatnot, you know, they have, they, they serve their clients and their, their clients want consultants to come in and do the work for them. But then 
these consulting companies go in and say, no, we have just a pure, you know, DIY model where we'll just be an advisor. I mean, that doesn't work because it doesn't fit, it doesn't align with the market need, right? So always make sure that you understand and align your business model with the, the needs of the client, right? Number two is, uh, is of course, your capabilities and your uh, expertise. Uh, you've identified the market need, but do you have the right capabilities and expertise to deliver on those needs uh, with that model, with, your, with, the, with the chosen business model? Right, so uh, you've got to be, you've got to like really um, um, understand, have self-awareness, and figure out what capabilities and skills and expertise you bring to the table so that you can deliver on those uh, those needs. Okay, um, and the third consideration is, you know, your own lifestyle requirements. Like consultants start consulting businesses for various reasons. There's, uh, there's always um, some other higher goal that consultants are chasing and use consulting as a vehicle to, to reach those goals. You know, sometimes you know, I come across consultants that are building a software product on the side and use consulting as a, um, um, as, as a vehicle, as a cash flow vehicle to help pay their bills and stuff. Some, some other consultants um, are, you know, building a, um, um, uh, you know, building a, a small fund for their children's college education. That's why I want to do consulting for a few years. Because remember, consulting can be really profitable, right? And so different people have different goals, um, business goals, personal goals, and lifestyle goals. Some others just want to do consulting for a few years um, and funnel all their profits and, you know, buy real estate, right? Nothing wrong with that, but, you know, it depends on what you want. So the, the, the final criteria, criteria in uh, putting together a business model is to be mindful of your lifestyle goals. If you have a goal of creating a lot of time freedom in your life, you want uh, you know discretionary time that's important to you, then you know don't have a long-term goal of doing done-for-you projects where you're going to be potentially working 12 hours or 10 hours a day with many different clients and different types of engagements. Uh, it, that, that can be really hard, right? So be mindful of these three things. Number one, uh, the market need, your expertise and your capabilities, and finally, your um, lifestyle goals, right? So that's, uh, that's as far as the agenda that I have today. I'd love to answer a few questions. So please feel free. We'll have another 30 minutes. So feel free to keep uh, um, you know, popping in the comments. And if you'd like to come on, and share your question. That would be great as well. So Craig, Craig says, which model is how you best help your consultant clients? Okay, that wasn't a question, right? So Ahmed asks, how do you convince my clients to start this coaching? Now, first of all, okay, so I personally don't like the word convince, right? You don't wanna convince anybody of anything, right? You wanna present an offering based on your understanding of their needs, right? And leave it up to them, whether they want to um, take it, uh, uh, whether they want to kind of uh, uh, take you up on that, right? The distinction here is that you don't, want, you don't want to be in a position where you're trying to think of ways to convince your clients. You want to put together an offering based on your knowledge and understanding of the client's needs. 
So you focus on the client's needs, right? What do they want? And what, what are they going through that is painful for them in the present moment? What outcomes are important for them um, in, at a specific period of time, maybe 12 months from now, 24 months from now, right? And then you see, okay, what can you offer them, this coaching or any other type of offering? How can you put together a coaching offer that aligns with those needs, right? That's the, the whole, that's the crux of the sales process and the discovery process. So don't ever put yourself in the position of trying to convince someone. You know, I've been in this situation before too, so don't take this as, you know, criticism or anything like that. There's nothing like that. I've, I've, I've learned this the hard way as well. When we try and, you know, convince a client, um, you immediately, uh, you know, clients immediately uh, um, smell commission breath. That's what it's called in sales, commission breath, where you, they know that you're trying to kind of uh, convince them and sell them on something. Um, as a consultant, especially as a consultant, you, you, know, you guys are all experts, right? So you want to come in and have any, any, kind of, any kind of sales conversation or discovery conversation as a, a trusted advisor. And trusted advisors don't convince people. Trusted advisors understand the client, understand their deep needs, their pains, their outcomes, and then present the right offering for them um and you know give the choice to the client whether they want to um uh, join them or they want to take them take them up on the offer or not now again i'm not saying that every time you do this you're going to land a client no it's not like uh you know there's a percentage of people who still, who still say no that's okay right but the 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 solution to that is to make sure that you have enough of a pipeline so that you are not um you know coming across as desperate or you're not you know, under pressure to sign up any client or try and you know, be overly salesy and try and convince them to choose a, a specific offering, whether that's done for you coaching or done for you consulting or coaching or whatnot, right? So Ahmed, my, uh, um, my answer to that question is, uh, to your question about how to convince my clients to start coaching is to first have a conversation with them and truly understand their needs without any ulterior motive or try, or, of trying to sell them something, right? build a relationship that's what i would do and understand um what pains them and where they're going with their business okay so muhammad Siddiqui, how about the best approach in healthcare domain along with some sort of project management where do you need to monitor the growth and tangible outcomes um i'm not sure i fully understand the question but uh, i'll talk about the best approach see again it depends on the client needs and outcomes. I'm not a, an expert in the healthcare domain, right? You're probably an expert in the healthcare domain, but you need to, um, you, you need to go in and, and have a conversation with the client. This is a larger topic. It's beyond the scope of you know, this specific discussion, but uh, you need to get good at discovery conversations. You can look that up um, or you can you know, send me an email later on. I'll, I'll point you to some resources, but look up or you know understand how a discovery conversation is um uh, is run and get good at that right um so and the other part of the question is where do you need to monitor the growth and tangible outcomes okay so i think you're asking about you know how do you figure out 
tangible outcomes for the healthcare domain. Uh, that again is it depends on the you know what the client wants. Like uh, there are various ways you can um, you can put together a specific outcomes of uh, uh, for your consulting based on what the client wants. So if you give me an example, then I can probably tell you um, how you can uh, you can think about framing outcomes. How flexible should we be in terms of charging the clients? Our project was the best approach. Now, this is a big thing in, in the consulting world. Do you charge by the hour? Do you charge by projects? I started by charging by the hour and uh, I don't charge by the hour anymore. I used to do it a long time ago. The, the most ideal way to charge is to charge based on value. How much value you bring to the table. Some types of consulting, it's easy to determine value. Other types of consulting, it's really hard to determine value. For example, um, IT consulting, right? IT consulting, um, a lot of consultants and some, some of my clients as well, they charge hourly and by the day. And I say, it's totally okay. You know why? Because for certain types of, uh, uh, for most IT consulting projects, uh, especially when you're building a new application or software or something, the scope is nebulous. It keeps changing from you know, stage to stage. You build something, you, you, you uh, use it, and then people, you know, your client says, oh, this is not working, let's try something else. So then you, the scope changes. So in those situations, when there's no established relationship between the consultant and the client, it's okay to start with hourly, right? And that's how you know, that industry functions. So don't, uh, uh, even though I'm against hourly, I've, uh, based on experience, I've changed uh, you know, my thinking about um, that, that pricing model. And I say it's okay to charge hourly when there is no established relationship in an industry which is used to charging hourly. As you build a relationship, then you can find ways to uh, show the client the value that your services has brought them over a period of time and then shift that pricing conversation into a value conversation, right? Let's say you've done work for a client, you've done, you've built, you know, you've done a strategy project for a client, right? Where you haven't, uh, it, it's, it's hard, it's, you haven't fully determined value upfront, but you build a relationship and over time you realize that the project that you did, that you, that you did you know, has provided the client with revenues of X million dollars or whatnot. So as the client, um, places their trust in you and you become more of a trusted advisor, then you can have better value conversations um, with, with the client, right? So to answer your question, um, I'm not a big fan of charging by the hour, although there are some use, use cases where um, it is advisable, but always with the um, mindset and the goal of building a trusted relationship with the client and turning future engagements into value-based projects. Hope that answers your question. You mentioned, uh, so Ahmad, you asked, you mentioned about we start doing similar thing to clients. How can we start this? Not sure I understand the question. So if you mind, if you don't mind, uh, you know, reframing it and popping it in the comments, I'll, I'll take it up later. So Catherine, have you seen a consistent trajectory from one model to the next as you grow? So that's a good question. So that trajectory, you call it a trajectory. It can be a trajectory, like I did done for you before, and now I'm doing done with you. But notice something, it's not the same client, right? My done for you client 
is not the same as my done with you client. My done for you client were, you know, businesses, organizations um, in a specific segment where I was doing strategic planning, right? Um, I did contemplate, you know, progressing uh, to done with you in the same market, but it didn't work because there was no need, right? That market wanted done for you consulting. They didn't want an advisor coming in, just doing advisory services or done with you because those folks didn't have the time to do the work, right? So um, I still progressed in that trajectory. I chose a done with you model, but my market is different now. I work with professional services firms, consulting firms uh, and independent uh, uh, consultants to help them build the sales and marketing engine. Again, my uh, offering is different, right? Initially, from my done for you, I used to offer strategic planning and business planning, totally different. But now I offer sales and marketing, uh, consulting and coaching, okay? Uh, because as a management consulting business owner who've, who's run the business and grown the business for 10 years, uh, I had to learn sales and marketing myself, right? So that's a skill that I acquired over the last 10 to 12 years. So now that has become my expert. I've chosen that expertise and uh, the consulting market to uh, put together a done with you offering, you see? So it's not always where you uh, progress from one model to the next with the same market and the same offering, right? Although it can happen, right? You can still, pro you can still progress from a done for you to an advisory, a DIY consulting provided there is a need, right? Um, I hope I'm answering your question, Catherine. So let me know if I've answered your question. So Craig says, I mean, your, for your service delivery model to your ideal consulting client. Yes, I'm done with you. Like, I, as, I, as I explained, I'm, I'm done with you. Right now, I have a, I'm a, you know, I'm doing done with you. But I, you know, in the future, I see myself moving towards the DIY, although I'm fully not convinced as to how I'm going to do DIY because I'm really focused on creating outcomes for my clients. Like, if I, if I take on a client, I want to make sure that they get ROI and they land clients. Okay, and I work with them till they land clients. Otherwise, you know, I'm not, I don't want to just provide information and videos and lessons and, and all that stuff and push information to my clients and don't have a stake in their outcome. Uh, I wouldn't have a business very soon if I did that, right? So that's why I, I kept stressing on the fact that outcomes are really important. Make sure that you figure out a way to get clients what they want so that then they'll keep coming back to you, they'll refer you, and your business grows. Um, although I'm moving, I'm trying to move towards DIY, um, I will always make sure that there is some, you know, um, a touch point where I work with clients, uh, maybe in a group setting or, you know, whatnot, where I help them with, uh, you know, reaching outcomes and getting outcomes, right? Okay, Mamalusman, in IT consulting, what is the prevalent model? DFY is mostly occupied solution providers. Exactly, in IT consulting, it's done for you. You know, you're going in as an IT consultant either to build something or some solution, build an application, software. So uh, IT consultants, um, IT consulting clients typically require uh, done for you. Although, you know, there are different use cases and different needs. I'm sure there are a small number of uh, IT consulting clients that, that require or want pure advisory or some coaching and training, et cetera. But largely, um, as, you know, um, as far as my experience goes, as far as what I've seen, uh, IT consulting is largely done for you. 
or systems integrators as well. Because, you know, as a systems integrator, you've got to go in and, you know, get your hands dirty and integrate all of those systems. So it's, it's uh, largely done for you. Client needs or pain points, something that's keeping them awake at night. Yes, client needs and pain points. Again, it's a, it's a big topic. Maybe I'll do another session like this on client needs, how to uncover client needs and pain points. Um, if there's a particular topic you want me to cover, you know, I'm doing about 26 sessions of these every, every year in this year. So if there's enough of an interest in a specific topic, I'm happy to take it up and, and delve deeper, right? So client needs and pain points. Um, yeah, something that keeps them awake at night, yes. But there's, you know, it's, it's more nuanced than that. What are the frustrations? What, what, what frustrates them uh, when they go to work? Um, what, what are they fed up with, right? What have, they, what have they tried before that hasn't worked? What stops them from reaching their goals? Um, all of these things are pain points and, and client needs, right? And uh, once you understand all of these things, what have they tried before that, that, that hasn't worked or they don't want to do anymore? Uh, once you understand more about their world, their day-to-day uh, -day, uh, life, and you know what stops them from getting to, from point A to point B, uh, then you'll you know you'll come closer to putting together the right offer and the right model that kind of um, aligns with where they are. Okay. So Nicholas um, asks, is it not about? It's not all about identifying where it hurts and present how to relieve the pain. Yes, it is how to relieve the pain and also, you know, bringing in something new that they haven't tried, something new that works, right? What is the new way or the new opportunity that you bring to the table? Because people are fed up with trying the old way, right? They've tried stuff, they've, they're frustrated, it doesn't work, whatnot. So as a consultant, as an expert, what, what is it that is, that, what about you or what about your solution is different or new? Because people are attracted to trying new things, provided it works. It shouldn't be just gimmicky and say, okay, this is all new or whatnot. But uh, as a consultant, the challenge for us is to use our intellectual horsepower uh, and creativity and analytical skills and bring a new solution to an existing problem, right? So when you do that, then you attract uh, curiosity you attract people that are curious and curiosity is a huge motivator, right? If people are really fed up of their current situation and pain and, they, and you have a new solution that, uh, uh, that, that works, then they will be attracted to know more and have a conversation with you. So John asks, any tips, pitfalls on client selection? So I'm not sure in what context that question is, is posed. So John, if you can clarify, it, that would be great. Adnan. What about milestone model for charging, align and then achieve milestones and gain? Yeah, if there is a significant time period in which you're delivering a more, uh, um, an engagement, let's say uh, six months or, or two year, then you can you know, divide the project based on milestones. I typically start with, as a, as, a, as a strategy consultant, management consultant, I've always started with an assessment, right? Most consultants, when they go in, they have some kind of a assessment or evaluation or facilitation or some kind of small workshop or audit that they go in and do, which is, you know, under 30 days or some, you know, maybe, maybe a little slightly longer, slightly lesser. So that's the first milestone. Then you have, you know, coming out of that audit, 
what's the next stage, three months, four months or whatnot, complete that milestone, that's a specific outcome. And then you move on to another specific outcome. For my strategic planning, I had five milestones, right? My first milestone was a strategic business assessment. That's the assessment. Then I worked with my clients on vision, mission, and values. And then from there, I would move on to marketing and operations planning. From there, I would move on to financial planning. And the fifth stage was action planning, right? So I would take them through this journey and um, divide the entire engagement into, um, you know, specific, uh, you know, have specific specific milestones. So Xiao Ying, I'm sorry if I pronounced the name wrong, but uh, you're asking about a recording. I don't have plans for a recording right now. Um, if this is being recorded, so if, you, if, if someone wants a recording, please send me an email and I'll send it across to you. I will be adding all these sessions into a podcast very soon, but uh, that will take uh, some time. But if you're interested in this recording, I'm happy to send it across to you. Nicholas, uh, value pricing modules, thank you. Yeah, that's a good uh, link that you sent. Susan, Susan Trivers, I hope I pronounced her name well. I interacted with her on LinkedIn and she's very knowledgeable on value pricing. So I would uh, encourage you to follow her on LinkedIn, Susan Trivers. Okay, Ahmed, thanks for the feedback. So Bill asks, how do you deal with solving a problem that the client does not recognize for 12 to 18 months, ultimately ending with a whole lot of free consulting? Well, you know, free consulting doesn't give, doesn't get outcomes, right? Like you can provide tips, right? Like here and there, a catch up session here and there, but then are they getting the right outcome? Are they speeding up the process of getting results? Um, no. Right, so um, pre-consulting does not help the client. Right? They may get some few tips here and there, but then everyone's busy unless you have a specific um, goal and a, a process and a timeline, you're just not gonna get the outcome um, from, from the consultant. So your question is, how do you deal with solving the problem the client does not recognize for 12 to 18 months? You know, I don't have a, an answer to help you you know, convince a specific client to recognize a problem. Sometimes people, people are different, right? Sometimes people will not recognize a problem. They have other priorities. Uh, you know, if that's, if that's where they are, then uh, I wouldn't, you know, fully focus only on them. That's again, the value of having a, and building a pipeline, right? When you build a pipeline of prospects and leads and, and you know, potential prospective clients, uh, then you have the luxury of you know, having multiple conversations and um, working with people that are interested in working with you, that recognize that they have a problem, that uh, recognize that uh, you have the skills to um, solve that problem and who are you know, in, in, in buying mode, right? People um, go through a buying journey, right? The buying journey is where you start off with people not recognizing they have a problem. Then this next stage is, you know, they may recognize they have a problem, but they're not looking for a solution, right? The next stage is, yes, they they recognize the problem and they're looking for a solution, but they don't want to make a decision soon. And, the, and then the next stage of, of, of from there is, yes, they're actively looking for a solution, right? So people go through that buying journey. And, you know, sometimes people like the one you mentioned, they're still stuck in that first phase where they just don't recognize the problem. I wouldn't, you know, I don't have any magic formula 
to make them recognize the problem. Um, um, other than the fact that you bring them part, you make them part of your community and you share with them, um, you know, the implications of remaining in the status quo, right? You share, you share the implication and the impact of remaining in the status quo and how that is affecting their business currently and, and will affect their business in the future, right? So when you share those points and pain, uh, those pain points and you address those, um, then you'll have the chance of, you know, having them see that there may be, you know, uh, um, value in working with you. But, but still, there's no guarantee, right? So you want to make sure that you have, you build enough of a pipeline, you build a community, and you make sure that you, um, uh, you're more likely to have people raising their hands, people who are ready to buy and ready to, or ready, ready to have a conversation, raise their hands and say, you know, um, I'm curious about what you do and how you can help, so let's chat. Okay, so how do you narrow down to a niche you are best placed to consult? Kingsley asks, if you have multiple skill set and service, for example, in the security industry. So that is, see, that's a big uh, question. When you have multiple skill sets, right, it can be challenging to narrow down on a specific market segment. Um, broadly speaking, what you want to do is you want to start experimenting, right? You want to make sure, you want to first understand what the market need is. Right? So are you talking to people in the security industry um, and understanding what their biggest pain points are, what they're fed up with, what, what stops them from achieving their results, um, what they've tried before and hasn't, that hasn't worked? Um, have you understood that client and where the, where the, the, the most pronounced need is? Uh, if yes, then you can zone in and then choose from your various skill sets on how you can solve that problem, right? If you still, if you still, you know, if you find two or three different um, uh, needs that are that are serious, then you can start experimenting with uh, putting together offers and see, you know, which one resonates the most. So it is a process, right? It's not you're not gonna most likely, you know, solve that problem overnight. But you gotta you gotta think about this from a mentality of a scientist where you put together a hypothesis and you go out to the, to the, you put together a hypothesis in the lab and you go out to the market and test that hypothesis with, uh, with people and see you know, um, what results you get. Hope that answers your question, Kingsley. So John, um, John asks, you mentioned the word use case, a term used more and more these days. Could you elaborate its use in the consulting arena? A use case is uh, a term, um, it's a business term where you know it's just it's an expression that is used to talk about a specific uh, situation in which a customer would want to use a specific service. So a use case for done for you consulting would be a a busy client that wants an expert to come in and fix a problem um, and fix a specific problem. A use case for done a DIY training would be a client that has a you know a big mid management team where they want a specific uh, uh, a consultant with a specific expertise to come in and provide some kind of training. So it's 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 used to describe specific situations in which your product or services can apply. Okay, so in selecting clients for type three DIY, is there a path pathway you would recommend in becoming a trusted advisor? Yes, you solve more and more problems. When you solve problems and provide 
a return on investment for your clients, that's how you become a trusted advisor. When you um, show up with integrity, when you do what you say, um, and uh, and you know give clients um, deliver the agreed upon outcomes uh, to your clients, that's how you become a trusted advisor. It takes time, and another way to become a trusted advisor is to share your knowledge uh, among your community, right? Uh, people um, to accelerate the um, um, that path of becoming a trusted advisor to your community, um, share your knowledge freely and share and, and be consistent so that uh, people, people look to you as someone reliable who, can they, who, can they, who, can, who they can learn from. And when they're ready to kind of, you know, have um, or, or uh, in the buying window, they're ready to engage with the consultant, they come to you, right? So if Adnan says if you can have a session on various scenarios for consultant to break through a client. Okay, I will consider that. Thanks for the, thanks for the feedback. The last couple of questions. Uh, Reem asked which model would be suit, would suitable more for a retainer? Is it number three? Well, a retainer, um, typically uh, number three, which is uh, your advisory executive coaching, you could have, you could, that it fits well with a retainer model, but uh, you know, there are other scenarios too where you can, you can use a retainer and even a done for you, like sometimes done for you, you can kind of split the project into, you know, maybe a nine month or 12 month project um, or whatever that period is. And then say, okay, you split your fees per month. Let's say you, you know, you tell the client that you, you pay them $20,000 a month, for example. So that again is kind of a retainer. But typically, in the in the sense of the word, that in the way that I that I describe what a retainer is, the advisory um, uh, piece would fit well um, for the retainer model. All right. So, uh, would mentoring fit with the coaching model? Yes, mentoring is uh, mentoring again is uh, I define mentoring as a, a, a distinction, a distinct. Uh, um, uh, differentiate mentoring from coaching and that co a coach is with you and helps you get that result. A mentor is who you, um, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a informal relationship where you can call them and, you know, just, just ask questions um, or kind of like, you know, use them as a sounding board um, and, you know, brainstorm that kind of thing. So, uh, but a mentoring model would definitely fit. I mean, a, a mentoring slash advisory model can, can fit as well. All right, we're at the top of the hour where I am in Toronto, 1 p.m. Thank you so much for your attention um, and look out for more of these sessions. I do these every Thursday. Today's Wednesday. I'm not available tomorrow. So I'm going to be doing this two weeks from now on Thursday. I'll pick a topic and you guys will be notified either on LinkedIn, you follow my posts or I'll send you an email about the next session. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time around. Bye. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.